You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. You're listening to Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Cousins, here's a shot for a touchdown. Stefan Diggs. The Vikings make it look easy on the... Cousins on third and long. Steps up. Cousins. Deep ball. Separation. Touchdown. Aldrich Robinson. Cousins is on the money. Certainly every player is going to want some bit of continuity, but that's not realistic oftentimes in the NFL. So we're going to use this year as, as he got to know me and I got to know him. We're going to use this offseason and, and have some open discussions and some dialogue uh, as we put this thing together. And it's like any other player. See what he's comfortable with. See what we can do to maximize his potential. Give me some football. Give me some football sounders. Or football. These. Thank you very much. There, I feel better now. Football, football, yeah, football, yeah, much better. Football, yeah, yeah, so. Come on, football. You like that? You like that? <laughs> I can keep going. <laughs> no, I don't like that, Kirk. I don't like that. Uh, so, so a very interesting poll came out today. The Athletic, which um, put out a, I believe it's a dozen things. It says over the past six weeks of the National Football League season, the Athletics NFL beat writers polled defensive players. That's important to get answers to our most pressing quarterback questions. We re- uh, received responses from 85 defensive players across 25 teams. Of course, they do not name the players, but they could be hilarious they, if they. Oh, those wouldn't names. that be great? Yeah, that, yeah, it's Jalen Ramsey here, Xavier Rhodes there, Anthony Barr there. Uh, so question one, for instance, which QB would you least like to face in, in a big game? Top answer, 52% of, of the respondents said uh, Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers was the runner-up at 32%, and also receiving multiple votes in this, Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes. All right, question number four okay. is the interesting one. Question number four. Who is the most overrated quarterback in the National Football League? There were 63 responses. All right? So it's 63 defensive players who obviously, for for the most part, have played against these guys. The runner-up, the Giants' Eli Manning, 10%. The top finisher, most overrated quarterback in the NFL, Kirk Cousins at 13%. Who, now, now are it's 60, any other names on there? It's 63. Also receiving multiple votes. And this okay. and this is where it gets a little bit dicey because I'm going to... What's 13? I, what's, how many 65 voters? So 63. I need to know how many. So okay, 63. So 63 so, times .13. So, so eight of them. So, okay, so eight guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, also receiving multiple votes. Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady... Well, you can, okay, maybe I, this year. Yeah, exactly. That's I'm, ridiculous. I'm with you. I'm well, with you. I'm with you. I'm depends with you. on the context. Derek Carr, Andy Dalton, Dak Prescott, Jameis Winston, Sam Bradford. 
Who's still oh, okay? Who's still sticking a dagger in Sam Bradford unnecessarily? Probably some Viking. Like that guy who's shoveling dirt on Sam some Bradford. Eagle? Some That's eagle so that like Chip Kelly. <laughs> it's like I hated Sam, Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford's career is like over, and someone's like, "Oh, he's overrated. I'm going to vote for him in this poll." Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> so on. so Kirk Cousins, thirteen percent, um, atop the list. Well, okay. I don't know. I don't. It, it, and the phrasing was overrated. Who is the most overrated quarterback? When I think of Kirk Cousins, I don't think overrated. Well, you said it succinctly in our show prep. Overpaid, yes. Yeah. But when you when when you think of Kirk Cousins, you don't think one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You never thought that about Kirk Cousins. And that's correct. We never we never came close to that. Yeah. Outside the top ten. In our lists, we never got him into that top yeah. 10. In fact, couldn't I make the argument, if there was a poll question that was the opposite of this, if it was, which quarterback is exactly who you think he is? Isn't it Kirk Cousins? Pretty much. And that doesn't mean that we aren't frustrated and exasperated. And like you heard the promo, if you were listening during that last break, of Collar pounding on the desk and <laughs> code yelling words. Code words. It's just code, code words. words. So... I think it's it is possible to be frustrated with him and want more from him, but also acknowledging, I mean they they signed a guy who plays sixteen games and throws for four thousand yards and doesn't really show up in big games and he's overpaid. I mean that's like pretty much what he's been his whole career. He yeah. is paid too much. So who's like when when I hear overrated, I think well the perception like Eli Manning's a great one because Eli Manning the perception is by a lot of people he's a Hall of Famer because yep. he has two Super Bowl rings. And then when you watch him in the last five or six years, especially, it's like, ooh, he's yeah, just, yeah. he's nervous. I've got and- one name off this list. I've got one clear cut name to me personally, Derek Carr. As overrated? Yes. He is. He, he signed a contract a year back or so that, that made him at that time the highest paid player in this league. We all thought to ourselves, potential top 10 for sure, right? Yeah. At, at one point. You and, it, and it actually did look like it, it for did. a little bit. Yeah. It did. He was like an MVP candidate the year the Raiders you, won the you, 12 games, right? At that time, you never thought to yourself, you know what? He He's good, but he sort of is who, who he is. You mm-hmm. thought to yourself, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, upside here. He got paid huge to stay, not to go. Car to me is, is atop this list right now. All right. I'll, get, I'll give you guys another one. I don't think I'd put Derek Carr. I, I would have put Derek Carr up there before last year, but I almost feel like Derek Carr's had a couple down seasons and he's just kind of fallen back in, in line. So I used to be really big on this guy. And in fact, the first year of our show, I remember we got into it. I think it was, I got into an argument with Harrigan about this. Like the first year on our show, Matt Ryan. Matt, No, I love Matt Ryan. Matty Ice, we, we saw him on Hard Knocks. But Matt Ryan has been in the NFL now. He's 33 years old. He's been in the NFL for like 12 years. And he's got a four and twelve on his resume, a six and eight, an eight and eight, a seven and nine on his resume, hmm. and uh, and he's I, he's increasingly for me he's more and more of an empty hollow numbers guy. He also blew a three or four touchdown lead in the Super Bowl <laughs> in the second after the Patriots. So and, and he, I get he has an MVP award under his belt, but I think Matt Ryan. The perception is well, Matt Ryan has emerged into this top. Maybe like the one B category of quarterbacks, but I don't know. Like when you're in the league that long and you've had weapons, you've had Julio Jones, you've had Roddy White early in your career, you've had some guys on your team. Um, I would put, I think I would put Matt Ryan number one on the list. Who are some other overrated quarterbacks? Uh, Stafford definitely could be. Stafford's paid incredibly well and has times where, where he looks the part and then has times, and, and it might be. 
the team around him, but there are definitely times where you think to yourself, really? Mm-hmm. Really? You just threw that ball? Uh, he strikes me as one. I want to know, though, who is the idiot who put Brady on? It's like, come on. <laughs> like, if you if you don't want to do the poll, just don't do the poll. That's cool. Don't vote. But, like, who is the guy who's like, oh, I think Tom Brady's just a little bit of, You're an idiot. No. Just get... Just go away. Okay, Judd, through the list again. Okay. Very uh, quickly. Yep, no problem. The list is Kirk Cousins, 13%. Eli Manning, 10%. Also receiving multiple votes, Manny. Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Brady, Derek Carr, Andy Dalton, Dak Prescott, Jameis Winston, and then poor Sam Bradford. I have a name that I'm I'm starting to wonder. that I A year ago at this point, I didn't think that. But now I'm starting to wonder. Carson Wentz. Dude. I was literally going to throw him out, too. Because, because when your backup can come in and win a Super Bowl MVP and also take you on the road against Chicago in a playoff game. Because think about it. Carson Wentz, before he tore his ACL last year, was like surefire, number one. MVP. And, yeah. Front runner for the MVP. Yes. Then he gets hurt, and everybody's like, oh, man, this MVP, the league just went down. What are the Eagles going to do? And then Nick Foles just shreds the Falcons, the Vikings, and the Patriots en route to a Super Bowl MVP. And here they are again a year later, and Nick Foles is, Wentz is hurt, and Nick Foles is sort of doing it again somehow, some way. I wonder. Yeah, I, I, I still, so I, I, I agree because I was going to throw his name out just for fun. Um, but I think he's still a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's got he's to find a way to stay on the field. and That's the thing to me. Um, yeah, because he's always hurt. Be, being available is one of the most uh, important skills you can have as a quarterback. I am going to blow your mind, though, with question three, which was, not surprisingly, who is the most underrated NFL quarterback? Care to take any guesses at who finished atop this poll? The most underrated? Underrated. So before before you got to Kirk and overrated. Philip Rivers has to be. Runner up at 11%. Okay. Philip Rivers is runner up. Yes. Okay. Well, if, it was, if it was Collar's list, it'd be Teddy Bridgewater, right? He'd be like number one, right? <laughs> He'd be going to Canton if it was college. Well, don't say it. Don't say it yet. <laughs> but we all know that. That's okay. Most underrated. Is it a uh, AFC or NFC? It is NFC. And I, I'll give you a hint. It's going to tick you off. Underrated NFC. It's not Aaron Rodgers, is it? No, 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 no. Okay. No, but it's somebody that Phil's going to be like, that's BS. The is whole it poll, Mitch Trubisky? The whole poll's terrible. No, it's not. It okay, is, go ahead. From the NFC South. Cam Newton? Carolina's Cam Newton. Four, uh, got 14%. That's not, that doesn't tick me off. Oh, see, I thought that would. No, because I almost feel like Cam has been Cam's been hit pretty hard with criticism the last few years. Mm-hmm. And so... All right. There's a, put it this way, too. You're asking players. This is where fans would vote differently than players would. Because fans... I think fans think about fantasy football numbers and sort of like box scores and... But players think about, and these are defensive players that were pulled here, mm-hmm. players think about how hard is this guy to game plan for and defend. And Cam Newton, in their minds, is number one, and they're looking around saying, like, why is no one talking about Cam Newton? I mean, when we go into a game plan against this guy, we literally have to account for him running for 150 yards or throwing for 300 yards. And we, we, you know, we have to come up with a specific plan for him that we wouldn't have to come up with for 15 other quarterbacks. So I think that the preparation of it probably goes that into That was their vote. absolutely no fun. 
That was no fun at all. Here I thought you were going to no, bristle about Cam Newton. Nope. You I thought you were going to say, Cam you Newton, then your pull, that pull's terrible. Nope, you're not going to get me to rant on that one. All right, I tried. and uh, I gave it my... Uh, and also, Cam, if you go back, you know Cam Newton is a number one overall pick. I would say mostly disappointing. You know, he had... Let me pull him up here, because Cam Newton really only has one standout season in his close to a decade-long career in the NFL, the 15-1 season. So you talk about quarterback records, and I don't think I don't think you can assign a hundred percent stock to quarterback records. But he's got a six and ten, a seven and nine, a five eight and one, a six and eight, a six and eight. That's five. That's like more than half the seasons in his career, and he's below five hundred. So you know, I guess to that point, like, how can a guy be underrated if every other year he finishes six and eight? It surprised and me a bit. Six and eight, by the way, because he missed two games because he's hurt too. He misses a couple games on a regular basis. Yes. Um, Mackie and Judd, six five one six four six eight two five five from the TCL Broadcast Studios, and uh, let's get to Judd's friend here, Josh Arnold. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Mackie and Judd. Ready on fifteen hundred ESPN. And this quick check on traffic is brought to you by Consolidated Communications. Uh, we've got a stalled vehicle on 35W northbound uh, between 90th and 86th Streets in Bloomington. And, in fact, a lane is blocked in that area, so be on the lookout for that. And we still have that crash over in Minnetonka, 494 northbound between Minnetonka Boulevard and Stone Road. Uh, factor in about a three- or four-minute delay there. Give your business the power to do more with CCI Fiber Plus from Consolidated Communications. For data and internet, voice, managed and hosted cloud and security services, go to consolidated.com. That's consolidated.com. Football. I'm so happy that this story came out from Adam Schefter today. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Got Manny Hill, we got Jonathan Harrison, and we got uh, uh, an expanded menu of radio and on-demand content starting on Tuesday here at fifteen hundred that we're very excited about. But we now have it's it, it, every every sport has like the prototype coach that pops up, and then there's a bunch of copycats, and it has jumped the shark in the NFL. <laughs> I'm going to give you just the profile of because the name doesn't. It's Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor is the name. No one's heard of him unless you are, you know unless you follow the Rams, but all right. White guy, 35 years old. So get the young, right? Yep. Fresh, innovative. Yep. And his work with Sean McVay the last two years as <laughs> an assistant wide receivers coach and the quarterbacks coach. Yep. So therefore he must be Sean McVay 2.0. And the, according to Adam Schefter, the Cincinnati Bengals can't help themselves uh, he tweets, the Bengals would like to hire Rams quarterback coach Zach Taylor after L.A.'s season ends. Sources tell Chris Mortensen and myself, it looks like it's Taylor's job to lose. He's the preferred choice. Maybe he's going to be a wonderful coach, but it's so transparent what's happening in the NFL, right? All right, I've got a logical question that I don't know if if you guys have a response to or not. Sean McVay is 32 years old and is an offensive genius, okay? He just is. I'm fine with that. I'm not making fun of Sean McVay. Sean McVay has proven himself to be an offensive genius. He has a photographic encyclopedic memory, yeah, which most of us don't have. Okay, all of this makes him very, very special. 
Why is it that seemingly what should be seemingly smart people, though, who are hiring people for these jobs are acting like 16 year old kids with a crush? Like, why can't you separate? Um, excuse me for a second. Here's it. I put my glasses back on. Zach Taylor. No. Zach Taylor might be the greatest guy on the face of the earth, and he might be pretty smart. I don't know. But I'm willing to bet that Zach Taylor, Matt LaFleur, and Cliff Kingsbury all might be fine chaps and all might be really decent OC type candidates someday. But Taylor is 35, LaFleur is 39, and Kingsbury is 39 as well. And I am struggling to figure out how McVay's success all of a sudden has these guys going gaga and giving head coaching jobs out like they're candy. Yeah. Can you help me? Well, it's... I think it's really sexy, this idea of getting that young. You want these fresh new ideas, and you want someone who can look at a football field and see it differently and see the 11 chess pieces differently. And Well, there's a lot of different guys. I mean, I, I actually I want Manny's input on this because mm-hmm. Anthony Lynn, for instance. And by the way, I think five, there, we used to have eight, was it eight African-American head coaches, and now we're down to like three or something? Yeah, because a good portion of them got fired. Yep. So why is it that... Sean McVay is the prototype, and not Anthony Lynn, who took a Chargers team after a coach got fired to nine and seven to twelve and four, widely regarded now as one of the most complete teams in the NFL. You know, it's that's I I'd like to know more about what Tom Pelissero said the other day. Was it yesterday on our show when we at when and he talked about the discrepancy between black NFL head coaches and white NFL head coaches? That well, the Sean McVay profile, um, and he said it's because systematically quarterback gurus, coaches who are connected with quarterbacks are the ones that tend to rise up, become coordinators, and then become head coaches. Sean McVay is one of those. Pat Shermer is one of those, right? And so is it that in high school, in college, and then in the NFL, we just don't have black quarterback coaches? But just coaches? quickly. I think that's part of it. Pat Shermer paid his dues. Mm-hmm. He paid his dues. So I don't... We have now a system in place, and these are head coaching jobs, not coordinators. Mm-hmm. Of frat boys being promoted, I mean that's yeah. that's how it feels. If these guys were getting coordinator jobs, I probably would be like, okay, cool, this seems cool. But you're giving them complete control of your football operation from a coaching standpoint. If you are, if you are, have been around a long time, I sort of get that. But this is where it it rubs me the wrong way that these guys are being given complete control because one guy had success or is having success. And by the way, that guy is 32 years old. And I will give you a scenario to keep an eye out for on this very topic. The offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he will be the offensive coordinator for the for this for this coming season is Byron Leftwich. Now, if Jameis Winston out of the blue, I'm not a big believer in Jameis Winston, but if Jameis Winston Somehow, if if Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians, if they unlock something with By, with um with Jameis Winston, and he comes out and has a great season, something to watch will be okay. Is Byron Leftwich now going to get a look? Because if he fixes Jameis Winston, then it's like, well, t- offensive offensive guy, he's young, yeah, in his thirties, turn to turn this quarterback into a good guy. Then, then, then I'll I'll be anxious to see if if that happens. What the if if there be a, a, a clamoring for a guy like Byron Leftwich to be a head coach? Yeah, well, you would think if there if you know Byron Leftwich checks the quarterback box, mm-hmm. you think, and if that's such an important box to check, 
It's just the whole thing kind of fascinates me. The, and we're kind of, there's kind of two angles to this. There's the angle that Judd's talking about, which is how young can we go now? Like, oh, is there going to be just a 27-year-old dude? Well, Cliff Kingsbury is pretty close. The guy's never coached in the NFL before. Mm-hmm. And uh, is he 40 or is he any, any 39? 39. 39. He and, and the LaFleur uh, guy that got the Packers job are both 39. Yeah. And Zach Taylor, who's probably going to yeah. get the Bengals job, is 35. But I think what I would be concerned about here, and the Bengals are, this is an extreme example where you're taking a, you're taking a position coach and thinking a 35 year old position coach and thinking about elevating him to a head coaching position. Yes, he might bring fresh ideas. Yes, he might be able to look at the chess pieces in a different way and look at the field a different way. But I would say 75 to 80 percent of being a great head coach in the NFL is about the human communication element. You've got 53 mostly alpha males and a coaching staff of 13, 14, 15 guys. And it's not your job to sit in a room and come up with the best schemes. That's the coordinator's job. Mm -hmm. That's the position coach's job. Your job is to get everyone on the same page with a message, communicate it clearly, and get people to buy into you and your vision. Can you do that if you're a 35-year-old with no resume and walk in and have full credibility? And remember, this is the Cincinnati Bengals we're talking about. This is the team that has had guys getting in trouble, guys with... The, the whole knock on Marvin Lewis has been there's been no discipline in that locker room for many, many years on the field and off the field. So, I mean, you're going to tell me that Zach Taylor is just going to come in, uh, this quarterback's coach who coached under Sean McVay for a couple of years, is suddenly just going to come in and change the entire landscape of that organization, which has been completely out of control for a decade and, and a half. And this guy has called plays in pro football in his life for five games. He was on the Dolphin staff a couple of years back when they blew out their yeah. OC and they allowed it. But again, we're also talking about supposedly a bunch of, well, they are rich, but really, really smart guys. And what they should be saying is Sean McVay, it's it's a great hire by the Rams and, and Sean McVay at 32 has this uncanny ability to lead and call plays. And that itself is incredibly special. And finding that guy, again, is going to be really, really difficult. Yeah. So let's go down a path where we can find the best guy possible. And instead, these supposedly really intelligent people are all just saying, let's dive in the pool and see yeah. what happens. But then, I mean, again, I don't, I, I don't know how many assistant coaches in the NFL check all these boxes, but... The other profile is, I'm going to go back to the Anthony Lynn thing, okay? And I don't, I just don't feel like this is a hot commodity profile, but when you start to look through, so forget about African-American for a second, okay? Mm-hmm. 50 years old, so not an old, old codger, but experienced, right? If it was a just I, for men at it would be a touch of gray. Yes, he is. Just a touch I of gray. I can tell you, at that age, you're very experienced, very yeah. smart. But you're not <laughs> decrepit, right? You're not... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> when not, I wake, you're not, you're not <laughs> some, day, some days when I wake up, I feel decrepit. By 10 a.m., I'm ordinarily fine. You're not Bill Polian, is my point. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, not yet. Um, and and has been an NFL assistant coach since 2000. So he was uh, he was a position coach from 2000 until recently, 2014. So paid his dues as an as a as a position coach, running backs coach, and then became assistant head coach an offensive coordinator and got that experience in his mid to late 40s and then finally became a head coach and it's working. Anthony Lynn, right? Yes. Like That feels like a much less risky and maybe even a much more fruitful profile, but I just don't, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by the lack of people looking into 
the discrepancy. Like hiring a 35-year-old because you think he's going to be the next Sean McVay is almost certainly going to be a failure. What if Sean McVay is Bill Belichick? That's what that's and, and, yes. and, and what you know, what have we been saying about Bill Belichick? He's he's brilliant. Well, he's probably the greatest NFL coach of all time, but whenever somebody dips out of his coaching tree, yeah. it always ends up being terrible. Yeah. Matt, Matt LaFleur gets the Packers job, right? Mm-hmm. It is based, and I think this is completely safe to say, it is based solely on the feeling that he will work well with one player. He's head coach of the team. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that work? Yeah, it's, all, it's also worth noting, too, on Sean McVay, when you're looking at the things that make him a great head coach... His age has nothing to do with it. Exactly. Nothing to do with it. And, 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 yet, yeah. and yet teams look and say, oh, we need a guy who's the same age. Guys, no. <laughs> guys like McVeigh and Tomlin have uncanny ability to lead, and they could do it at 21, 31, but they are few and far between. And to just assume, well, you know McVeigh, so you can do it too, yeah. is ridiculous. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On 1500 ESPN. You know, if you don't want to get any access to practice, that's fine. I've been able to go to practice, not been able to go to practice, that's fine. But, like, to come in and, like, intentionally, like, alienate, Someone like myself, which I don't even think it makes any sense, is exactly what Tiz did. Like he, like he, you know, he basically told the coaching staff, like, "Don't talk to me," because he felt like they were giving me information. Because you know, I, you know, what I do during a broadcast, I talk about the game like like a coach. I try to. I watch video, and I will point out the good things and I will point out the bad things. And for whatever reason, like Tiz, like didn't want me pointing out. But, you know, and so I think he, I don't know if he thought the coaches were giving me inside information or whatever, but he actually told them to stop talking to me. Man. That was Jim Peterson. So Jim Peterson uh, made a couple appearances this week. Our show, Mackie and Judd. And then uh, the next day, yesterday, he went on Raised by Wolves for another session with Manny and Danny Cunningham. And it has become now the most listened to episode times two. Of the Raised by Wolves podcast in history. So awesome job, you guys, just opening up a space for Jim Pete to go yeah. even a little further than he went on Mackie and Judd. So what was, I just want to, I know it's the football hour, but, and we'll get to wrap with Roycey here shortly, but um, if you if you missed the full interview, or either one of them, you can find Mackie and Judd and Raised by Wolves both on 1500ESPN.com, and there's, there's snippets of it all over our social media too. But um, like when he says... Hey guys, I just need to get something off my chest. It's going to be therapeutic, and you guys are sitting there. What was what was that whole thing like? He he clearly wanted to get this stuff out, right? Yeah, he did, and I I think when when he first said that, when he first started talking about you know I just the therapeutic thing, you know I kind of glanced over at Danny, and I was just I kind of gave Danny this look like, huh, okay, this might be kind of interesting, and then when he got into Tibbs being Tibbs was very Tib the the Tibbs era was very traumatic is what he said and traumatic traumatic and I was like oh yeah I'm I'm just yeah laughing at the absurdity of all of it but yeah and then and then when he said when he when Tibbs was let go that it was for a lot of people it felt like they were getting out of prison that's when me and Danny kind of looked at each other and our jaws like dropped like. 
it, 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 it dropped because... You're so happy. Well, I mean, it dropped Audio because... Audio gold right there, Manny Hill. Because it was... First of all, I was just... I was very shocked that Jim Pete, who for the most... I mean, generally is very open and honest and candid, I mean, on the air when he's doing games. But for him to be like this open and honest about something that was affecting him and affecting other people within the organization, according to him was, was just, it, it was incredible. Just listening to him go through all of that stuff. And me and Dan here just looking at each other, like as he's talking, cause basically the podcast starts. And if you haven't listened to it yet, I just basically asked Jim kind of a general question, like, Hey, this, this week has been a lot, a lot has gone on. You know, it's it's been it's been a crazy week, but I imagine it's been kind of fun too, with just, you know, Ryan taking over and everything. And Jim Pete just he 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 went, you know what, Manny? And then it was like <laughs> he talked for about five minutes. He just went in on tips for about five minutes straight. And the whole time me and Danny are just looking at each other like, Oh my God. The interest wow. the interesting thing about that though, to to your point about Jim is that then is a reflection of how a lot of people felt who yeah. wouldn't say it. And that's, that is the interesting and sad thing that people felt oppressed by this guy. I mean, that it was, this was not just uh, well, he's a pain in the ass and I really don't like him. This was a, this guy is a basketball tyrant. And he supposedly, mm-hmm. didn't he go visit 12 or 13 different places and executives <laughs> and coaches and Including Belichick right? and San Antonio and Golden State. And yeah. Hung out with the Rockets when Mikhail yep. was still coaching the Rockets. Mm-hmm. He hung out with them for a little bit. And and that's why, because when the rumors were coming about that Tibbs was, you know, in the running for the Wolves job, I thought, oh, I don't know. Because I was thinking about how things went in Chicago and how th- things ended in Chicago. And I'm like, I'm not sure. But he took a year off, went and visited some teams. Maybe he learned, you know, learned from visiting some of these different teams around the league and everything. And then you fast forward almost three years and he didn't, he didn't learn anything. He didn't learn anything. Everything that went on that we heard about that. Jim Pete talked about on the podcast yesterday was almost a carbon copy of the same stuff we heard about when he got fired from Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Does it, does it, from what, from, from what you can tell and, and judge too, I know that like all of us have talked to different people with the, the wolves. It, it kind of feels like Jim Peterson was speaking for a lot of mm-hmm. people over there. Right. Sadly. Yeah. Yes. That, like people are like, yes, thank you. Finally, someone went out when, and said what needed to be said. When the wolves did that night at the twins game, and invited us to the uh, t- to the porch area, and it, it was going to be it was Tibbs and Layden basically trying to be normal people. <laughs> I remember <laughs> they were, and I remember. Oh, what kind of beer and, do you like to drink? <laughs> and I remember towards the end of that, Ben's and Jim Pete got an audience with Tibbs, and Ben said he's going. We're going to ask him to please allow us into practice just to watch it. Oh, they, so they did that inside the. Like at the the gathering at Target Field, right? But the but but what's interesting about that is these are essentially team employees mm-hmm. who couldn't get to Tibbs until a media gathering at Target Field. Hmm. Like if it's me trying to get something, that makes perfect sense because I can't call up, I can't phone Tibbs and be like, "Hey, Tibbs, can I come talk to you?" But these are 
team employees, basically. Mm -hmm. And Jim Pete, who's no joke. He's really, really good. Mm -hmm. He's really, really well-respected. And the audience that they had, and and clearly they were not successful, but in trying to get access, more access to to practice and shoot-arounds, had to come during a general media gathering. Think about that. You know, here's a shot in the dark. Do you think if his choices are between... Going back to being an assistant, because he's never going to get a head NBA coaching job again and certainly will never run an organization ever again. Like, that ship has sailed for Tom Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. But if his choices are between NBA assistant or if a college comes in and says, you know what, we could use a little oh, we could use a little discipline oh. around here, tough love. Oh, Can you imagine him recruiting? Do you think there's any chance Tom Thibodeau would work as a college basketball head coach at one of the major, maybe maybe not like, like UCLA is not hiring Tom Thibodeau, but like you know, like an Atlantic Ten school could pay him a couple million dollars or something. I think he has the work ethic to be a monster recruiter. I just don't know if he actually has the ability to be a monster recruiter. Yeah, but you can boss around nineteen-year-olds and get away with it a lot easier how, than try to boss around. Yeah, Pat how Gibson. quickly would a Tibbs run program be be on some type of probation and probably killed entirely because that man would pay players top dollar from his own pocket? <laughs> I thought you were going to say because he would be striking players in practice. Well, I don't think he's ever that touched might, a player. Either. That might be true, but I'm just I'm thinking that Tibbs is like you know I got a paper bag right here. It's got a lot of money in it. You got to play hard for forty minutes, and here's your car. For forty, could, yeah. Could you imagine just like yeah, the Timberwolves Google. would work great for him in college? They, they, yeah. The last eight minutes wouldn't matter. Minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the biggest thing, though, that stood out to me though with the conversation with Jim Pete yesterday was, and he, we heard him talk about it in, the, in that soundbite we played coming in, is it's not even so much that Tibbs didn't let them into practices. It's telling the assistant coaches not to have any sort of interaction with Jim Pete or Benz or anybody or anybody else like that to me just and we kind of heard rumors about that all all last year but for Jim Pete to get on with us yesterday and basically confirm all of that I I was just flabbergasted it's like you I can't believe that you would somebody would tell his his own assistant coaches, nope, don't talk to that guy. Yeah. Have no interaction with that guy at all. It's mind-boggling. It's the most ever-downloaded episode of the Raised by Wolves podcast, and uh, you can also find his appearance, Jim Peterson's appearance with Mackie and Judd, back-to-back days. Both of those are available on 1500ESPN.com, our mobile app, and pretty much anywhere you would find podcasts. Wrapping with Royce next. I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout Whoa. on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on traffic here in the 2CL Broadcast Studios. Traffic is brought to you by Consolidated Communications. Give your business the power to do more with CCI Fiber Plus from Consolidated Communications. For data and internet, voice, managed and hosted, cloud and security services, go to consolidated.com. That's consolidated.com. And right now, 35W northbound, we got a crash in Minneapolis between Portland Avenue South and Highway 55. It may be slowing things down as you're uh, approaching the downtown area northbound on W. Gentlemen. All right. We wrap with Royce every day on the show. What was your favorite era, uh, a moment of the Mike Prefer era, Patrick Royce? 
well, I think it was the uh, punter not knowing that he should run out and hold for the field goal attempt was uh, probably, uh, I thought that doomed him when that happened, but uh, uh, he'll get another job, you know. He did. Oh, all right. Cleveland, Cleveland, yeah. In in fact, the Vikings tried to keep him, offered him a contract. He said no and took the Cleveland job. Oh, so they didn't fire him. I thought he got fired. No, no, he resi- oh. He said, see you, bye, my contract's up, and he took a job with the Browns. <laughs> wow. Who the hell's coaching the Browns now? What am I, who's doing Freddy Kitchens. Freddy Kitchens. Oh, well, yeah, well, if I had a chance to go work for Freddy Kitchens, I couldn't turn that down. Right? <laughs> it's a no-brainer. Especially with, a, especially with that ownership, because you know Freddy will be there six, seven, eight years, right? It's a very steady operation. Yes, it's very, a lot of yeah, job I think security. He, I think he, you know, he, he, he feels the vibe here if uh, Zim's got to pay. You know, Freddy will get three years, I guess, maybe, unless he wins no games. Uh, Zim's got Zim's got one. If, if something good doesn't happen, Zim's gone. So uh, I'm sure Prefer was smart enough to figure that out, wouldn't you? Plus, he was start once a once a special teams guy starts uh, having the coach give him dirty looks. Uh, you know, you know, you're expendable. You might as well uh, you might as well just bail if you can. The only the only Pat weird thing with Prefer is I don't think in my time covering this team I've ever seen them be so. Dedicated and loyal to, to an assistant coach, you would think that when that when you make yeah. the the comment that he did about yes. nuking the island, that you wouldn't yeah. just say. But they they defended him to the point of they allowed him to serve a three game suspension. It was weird. Yeah, that's that's true. They did defend him, but again, I think it's uh, you know when you're an assistant coach and as as you know, let's face it, special teams coaches are about as valuable as uh, you know. Me when I was a copy boy at the start at the Tribune, you know, there. Who cares who's a special team coach? Hey, run down and tackle him, idiot! And if the ball's five <laughs> yards deep in the end zone, don't run it out. Okay, what the hell else is there? And by the way, make your kicks, field goal kicker. What uh, you know? What do they got to do? It's the idea that we now call them coordinators is idiotic. So I don't. I don't really it. even disagree much with anything Pat no. said. But. <laughs> no, it's like. You know, it's like the it's like the shooting coach in the NBA. You know, hey, make your shots. Okay, all right, I'll try that. Thank, yeah. thank you very much. So, anywho, hey, how about Mookie? Did you see that twenty mil? No. Yeah, Mookie bets. Yeah, they settled at twenty. They gave him twenty Jeez. to avoid arbitration last year. They uh, offered him seven and a half, and he got. And he wanted ten point one or two or something, and he won. So this year, I guess they said, "Well, we can't beat him, so we might as well give him twenty. But I just tell him, Manny, when I see Mookie in the Publix here, like I do a couple of times every spring, I'm going to say, "Hey, you want to buy my groceries, man? Uh, uh, Mookie, come on. Yeah, hey, yeah what you, do you think?" So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be he'll be down for uh, going to Publix with you at some point late at night. Well, no, he, you can see him wandering in and out of there every once in a while because he must live right around there. You see a lot of the Red Sox in this, this one right up there. There's he saw John there. Lackey a few times at a couple establishments when it I was wasn't down the Publix. <laughs> it was not Publix. No, it wasn't no. Publix. It was a public location. <laughs> so, hey, Pat. Hey, you guys yeah. heard that Nino's had a fire and the owner died. What? And, uh, and Nino's is gone. Nino's is gone. They had a fire. Did the uh, owner die in the fire? No, 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 no. Oh. The owner, you know, the short little guy that looked like a nose tackle. Yeah. Uh, Graziano, he had a heart attack and died on Thanksgiving, but the fire was in October, and they got the, they got the 
you know, the stuff off the facing and it's closed. So that's, uh, there was, you know, the first 10 Sad. years, the twins were, the first 10 years, the twins were here. It was the only restaurant in the, did, within two miles. Did anyone salvage the meatball recipe? I, I don't, uh, I don't know. I'm I mean, can I mean, my condolences. But if you're going to save anything, <laughs> save the meatball recipe. Or the cannelloni. The great, uh, not the, the manicotti, the great manicotti. Oh. Yeah. Hey, yeah. real quick, hey, Pat. We've uh, we've we think we've fixed baseball for the hundredth time on this show. I want to run a theory by you. Okay. So everyone's been frustrated with the lack of you know the lack of movement in free agency, and now you've got these Machado and Harper, and we're never going to get a salary cap because it would just it would if you're the Yankees, why would you ever agree to a salary cap? But I think if you put a cap on the number of years. You could sign a player to contractually. Both sides would benefit because players would make a lot more money in the short term, and owners would protect themselves in front offices against the eight, nine, ten year contracts, and you'd get movement. I, I five agree, years, but again, that you'd probably be a strike, you know. So you know, you'd have to take another strike, right? The it's the only union in sports that doesn't cave, although the NBA does pretty well for itself too, but. Uh, I yeah I I don't know but it isn't that's a Forrest doesn't have both these guys right he's got Harper right I don't he think he has both he doesn't have Machado no what what they're both waiting for the other guy so they can get more money is that what the deal is do we think that uh, you know Harper's not going to sign until Machado signs because Morris is no way Boris is that what it is wanna, yeah there's no way Boris doesn't want to have the highest paid player. Looks like Washington's offered him more money than anybody to come back now. So, yeah, I, I don't Aaron know. Oh. I don't. I don't know what the hell uh, what the answer is, but yeah, I would think that's something you could maybe get, couldn't it? I mean, the the once the, when the NHL signed those thirteen year deals, uh, the last two were signed by uh, our two guys. Uh, now, what is it? Eight, Judd? Well, yes, eight, eight from thirteen yeah, to well, eight, maybe. which is still you too know, long, but it's better, obviously. Yeah. Five or six years. The trouble is, yep. the guys in their thirties they want to get as many years as they can because they, you know, the the owners are getting. I mean, the the young geniuses are getting smart. They're not paying these guys in their thirties. Phil, this is happening naturally now, don't you think? That the thirty-two-year-old guy isn't getting the ten-year deal. He it's not collusion. Getting, yeah, it's not no, collusion. No, it's it's sense. It's brains. Is what it is. It's, yes, it's common sense that you know you know. Baseball's best players, except in the steroid years, were always like from age twenty-five to twenty-nine. The only like way that. the only way players can fix it is by negotiating an early escape from the six years of service time they have to put in now before they hit free agency. Because after after you put in three or four years in the minors and then six years of major league service time, you're it's mm-hmm. ten years and you're thirty. Of course, so, it's hard to feel sorry for him when Mookie gets twenty. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, before he becomes a free agent. No, they got her. Uh, there's not not really a big problem, except uh, the here's one of the problems is the agent wants it to wants it want it to be like it was five years ago when they could get the nice contract for the thirty two year old, and the Derek Falvey's of the world said, "No, we don't do that anymore." So that's the problem. Yeah, the way I see it. Boy, Manny Hill had a blockbuster uh, Wolves podcast with Jim Peek, huh? Setting some, uh, setting some record numbers for 
viewers or listenership, Pat. Yeah, been, I, I uh, would think so. Pat, the, the summation, so. Jim Pete, is, uh, he was a little on the fence. He leaned a little bit toward uh, anti-Tom Thibodeau. It, uh, yeah, I would say uh, he was a little bit that way. Uh, it was, uh, you know, as we said, uh, Tim was his, Tim's was his old worst enemy because the PR was not in his, uh, I don't know what. He, he didn't have it. He, he could not convince himself the little public relations never hurt anybody. So. Well, I think if you're if you're just a coach, it's one thing. If you're the president of basketball operations, unfortunately for him, you have to say hi to people in the hallway once in a while. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Doesn't strike me as team, one of those guys. Especially when the other team president says, "Come on, hey, come on down and shake hands with these people," and he said, "Nah, they don't want them." So yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, he had his flaws. I'll admit that. Yep. Uh, Pat, have a good weekend in Florida, and we'll see you on Monday. All right. Talk to you. All right. Uh, also, uh, Roycey Unchained episodes on Mondays. I'll be doing one on Monday. Right on. So uh, I'm off the show on Monday. So the next time I see you guys will be, we'll have a new name. Yep. We'll have a new rolled out schedule. Yep. I mean, I'll see you guys before then. But mm-hmm. I was going to say, will I not see you on Monday? Are you going to take the day off? Are and, you just going to take a powder on us? Maybe. We'll see. Nice long three-day weekend. <laughs> Don't jump for work before the launch on Tuesday. Yep. And uh, and Manny won't be a daily part of the Mackie and Judge show starting on Tuesday next week, but we definitely want Manny. You're going to hear him all over the place and raised by wolves. But um, we got to get you in at least like once a month or more to make you write that down. I was going to say to write that down have to keep coming. Yes, you're, you're making that. me look good so far. I'm back <laughs> champion at 264. Yeah, I'm down for that. Mackie and Judd, Bye. find us on demand. Find that Jim Pete interview with uh, Manny and Danny Cunningham raised by wolves on 1500ESPN.com. Have a good weekend.